Creighton Spotlight, we're chatting with UC San Diego men's long jumper Derek Brajevich. The fifth-year member of the track and field team talks about leadership and mental agility, his interest in acting, and why he devotes so much time to serving as the publicity chair of the Triton Athletes Council. Plus, we'll put Derek on the hot seat in our popular Quick Picks segment. Our conversation with Derek Brajevich comes your way in a moment in this week's Triton Spotlight. Welcome to episode 65 of Triton Cast, the podcast for UC San Diego Athletics. I'm your host, Jeff Turiel. Whether you found us on UCSDTritons.com or on your favorite podcast platform, thank you so much for joining us this week. And if you enjoy the show, take a moment to subscribe, rate us, or write a brief review. Before we get to this week's chat with Derek Brajevich, let's go around campus. Big news for TritonCast. Starting next week, select episodes of the podcast can also be streamed on YouTube via the UCSD Tritons channel. We hope you enjoy that additional outlet and certainly value your feedback. Hit us up on Twitter at TritonCast or by email at TritonCast at UCSD.edu. Let us know what you think. Elsewhere on campus, the men's and women's tennis teams hit the court for their first action of the fall when they take part in the ITA Southwest Regional Championships. The women are in San Diego while the men will compete in Malibu. Congrats to Ava McInnes from Women's Volleyball. The outside hitter and guest on episode 62 of the pod was named Big West Offensive Player of the Week. The basketball season is almost upon us. We're less than three weeks away from the season opener. And single-game men's and women's tickets are on sale now through the Triton box office at ucsdtritons.com tickets. And this week's University Credit Union Athletes of the Week are Ava McGinnis and Max Carvalho from men's soccer. Congrats to those two. Now, it's on to this week's Triton Spotlight. Here's our conversation with UC San Diego track and field senior, Derek Brajevich. Derek, you got involved last season as a senior with the long jump. How did that come about? I um so I've played a lot of sports uh, my entire life. Obviously, uh, track and field is what stuck. Um, but my uh, my father was a hurdler at San Diego State back when they had a men's program. Uh, and he, you know, he grew up playing basketball, football, track and field, everything. And uh, in high school, he long jumped pretty far. And I used to do it a lot when I was younger. And uh, late kind of middle school, I got really into basketball and volleyball. And uh, I found out I had my dad's hops to a degree. <laughs> and uh, in high school, you know, I, I, I was sprinting and I was doing very well in the sprints. And I kind of was like asking my coaches if I could, you know, try out the long jump. But it didn't seem to really fit with just like all the other events I was doing. And it never really worked out. And then, um, you know, fast forward college, your freshman year goes by and then little, little thing called COVID hit. And so we weren't here for a while. And then last year in the weight room, uh, they use these things called force plates to measure, um, basically our progression in terms of inputting force into the ground. Uh, so seeing how, you know, how much our weight training is paying off. Um, and we do a thing called the counter movement jump where the screen flashes and you're on this kind of force sensitive platform that is hooked up to a computer and uh the screen flashes and you have your hands on your hips and you just do a very quick standing jump and uh my trainer patrick was like that was pretty high and i was like yeah i mean i used to play volleyball he goes no like like you're jumping higher than like basketball and volleyball guys right now and i was like well that's interesting so i went to coach darcy last year and i was like hey coach um i know i'm like you know 
a fourth year. <laughs> uh, but I would really like to kind of try and get this in my last year or two. I've really wanted a long jump for a while. And she was super sweet. And she was like, yeah, why not? We'll give it a try. And so I um, just started going to practice. And it's been really fun. I really, really enjoy it. I It kind of breathed new life into the sport for me, almost. Um, I love sprinting, but doing the, I, I get very tired with monotony and, um, adding long jump last year has really kind of like lit a fire under me to kind of keep, you know, keep going this last year and really kind of just push myself and see how, see how good I can do. That is fascinating. So on the day of a meet, what is the preparation leading up to the event? How is it different for a long jump versus a sprint? I am uh, by nature, and I'm working on this. I'm by nature a very uh, not laid back person. I am a very tense <laughs> person. A lot, that's how a lot of college kids, especially here, can be. But um, with sprints, um, the thing I've been having to learn over the last, I guess, eight years I've been doing it is you reach your your maximum performance at your most relaxed, which is very counterintuitive to when people think of running as fast as they can. Um, and that was very perplexing because growing up sprinting in other sports and sprinting in high school, you know, like the playlist I play, but like while I'm warming up is like, you know, it's like really intense. There's a lot of like, a lot of just, you know, rock and roll, a lot of hip, just screaming in my ear, getting me kind of pumped and ready. And with long jump, I found that the more fun I have with it, the better I do. So I kind of try and stay loose and kind of like, you know, smiling and laughing while I'm warming up. Not, you know, not 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 taking it seriously but i found that long jump is a lot more it's a lot more of a i guess a a performance than sprinting is for me i can have a bit more fun with it um and it's different because going into a sprint like you know i do the one to the 400 and it's you know you're out there for at most about 50 seconds to you know 10 seconds so it's just you know 10 to 50 seconds of like go 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 and then hopefully you don't puke um, and with long jump, it's more of a controlled kind of like you have to center yourself and you go from these, it's like this, these peaks and valleys where in between when everyone else is competing, you're, you're collecting yourself and you're relaxed. And then when you go, you have to flip that switch. And it's been really helpful for me kind of learning how to hone those, um, I guess, further hone those kind of competition butterflies you get. Um, and it's, it's, it's been really fun. It's been a lot more. A lot more loose and I, I i really i've really been enjoying it and it sounds like the mental component of that has been something you've had to work out as well because there's it's such a different approach from one event to the other absolutely absolutely i think there is a lot of um there's a lot of crossover between sprints and long jumping i mean you have to I mean, you don't have to, but it helps to have a lot of speed on the runway i mean i guess you do have to have a lot of speed on the runway to get that pop but it's a lot more, I don't know, you feel like it's a lot more, <laughs> I don't want to say fun, but it's a lot more fun. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very enjoyable. And, uh, you know, the athletes that come to this school are very, they're all very smart kids. We all tend to be very cerebral and it can be easy to get in, like when you're getting in this kind of pre-competition mindset to get, you know, to start overthinking things and start really kind of like, narrowing and focusing down maybe to a fault in certain details and long jump has really helped me kind of just go you know what like <laughs> just enjoy it it's just have fun you know stay focused but don't 
you can't sweat every little component of it. You just have to take what you can from a prior jump, take what little note you can and just go back out there and keep trying to keep trying to get a little bit farther in the sand. That is such an interesting approach. You mentioned your conversation with coach Darcy about wanting to try the long jump. Uh, of course, Darcy and Tony retired after decades of service here at UC San Diego. What are some of your favorite memories of being around those two? Oh man, they're, they're so funny. They just, <laughs> I remember last year, even during that, for those, uh, that force plate stuff, um, <laughs> coach Tony like walks up behind me and he's like, you want to jump really high? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, so I jump and he grabs me by the waist and he like, lifts me up over like his head and i was like this guy is strong oh my <laughs> lord how did he and i just i got really you know i got i got a lot closer with coach darcy last year being out with jumps and you know they're just you know the reason i i came to uc san diego over the other schools i was talking to back in you know my senior year of high school was um everywhere i went was very much you know once you get to a certain level every everyone's facilities are nice everybody Everybody wants to be good at their sport. They want to take care of their bodies. They want to, you know, they want you to do good in school. And that's, you know, that's all fantastic. Um, but when I came here, um, I really felt as if, and I, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, because I, I, I don't love when people use this, but it felt like a family. Um, like I, I went to some other places and I walked around and it kind of felt like everyone was acting for and competing for and training for themselves, which is, you know, wonderful and fine. And you work very hard to get to this level. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But when I came here, um, even on just my official visit, it felt like uh, the team as well as the coaches really just um, celebrated each other and they viewed uh, each other's successes as their own, as like a group kind of win. And uh, I just getting to talk with Darcy about her time, just her, all her, you know, her decades in track and field last year. And uh, Tony and Darcy are both artists as well. They have a big workshop at their house. And just going to talk with Darcy about, you know, art and kind of like home improvement and just kind of get to pick her brain on the sports and what she's into. And they're just, you know, they were a, they were a, um, they were kind of like parents away from home. They were always there uh, for me as well as my teammates. And, um, I definitely think a lot of us have maintained that closeness with them, even though we don't see them every day. Um, I mean, I was just at their house over the summer for a barbecue and it was, uh, it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're absolutely wonderful. And, uh, we miss them very much. You've been a team captain the last couple of seasons. What did you learn from those two in terms of leadership? Yeah. Um, how long you got? <laughs> it's a podcast. Uh, it's unlimited. Yeah, yeah. I um, I was a team captain in high school as well. Um, I've always tried to work to be what my team needs me to be. Um, when you're younger and you think like team captain, you you know, especially when you're you know, you're like you're like a you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, you're like yeah, I get the boss people around, and that's not uh, at all what it is. Um. Being a captain at UC San Diego especially has uh, taught me a handful of things. First off is that um, it's always bigger than you. Um, I have kind of had to learn. Um, I'm, I'm by nature not a very – I don't like to think I'm a very selfish person. I tend to try and give a lot of myself, but 
I've had to learn that not everyone communicates in the same way I do. I'm a very extroverted, very loud person. Um, and that translates to practice. I'm very loud in the weight room. I'm very loud on the track. And I'm not, not in, you know, I'm not always the most intense in that way, but I'm very positive my beat. Um, and I had to learn that not everybody's that way. And that some people, when they want to be, when they need to be encouraged, they need to be talked to, you have to kind of approach them in a way that they're comfortable with. And they're not always going to want you to, or they're not always going to reciprocate. And that's fine. I remember I was taking, uh, before I was a captain my sophomore year, I was taking the uh, emerging leadership workshop that the athletics department hosts with uh, Dr. Rhonda. And uh, one of the biggest takeaways was that when you're in a position of leadership, uh, your, your goal should not be and cannot be to be liked. It has to be to do what you think is best for you and your team. Um, and I think myself, like everybody, <laughs> very much likes to be liked. Uh, I very much enjoy being liked by my friends and by my peers. But I've had to learn that being a um, team captain and a peer leader, sometimes, you know, regardless of what you do, you know, not everyone is going to like you. Um, and I think I think what's important is being sure to yourself and being there for your teammates and not allowing um, what you think other people think of you to influence how you treat them and how you behave day to day. That is a very adult approach indeed. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. We're chatting with Derek Bracevich this week on Triton Cast. Let's go back to your sophomore season, which was the team's final in Division Two. Of course, we know that the COVID-19 pandemic hit. The season was cut short. Walk us through what that was like when everything kind of ground to a halt. Well, that was that was very interesting. Um, it was it was it was funny, and I, I don't mean like funny. Haha, uh -huh. I mean you know kind of peculiar because you've been seeing I've been seeing stuff on Twitter that week, and you know stuff in the news, and then all of a sudden, you know. This is not a, this is a shared experience we all have. It was like, oh, okay, this is real. This is happening. Um, I remember being at my uh, house in University City with uh, my teammates. I lived with five teammates at the time. And we all got kind of, you know, the notification, like practice is not happening today. Everything's postponed. We're like, um, what? Like, what's going on? Uh, we all kind of stayed home that day. We weren't really sure what was going on. And then, you know, the next day we found out, um, that, uh, you know, a national state of emergency had been called and that, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. And, you know, the day prior, we were all like, I can't believe our season's canceled. And then we're just like, oh, the whole country shut down. So while we were all bummed out about losing, you know, time with friends and season, it was like it went from kind of, you know, in, in a small way, mourning the hard work we put in to being like, how do we, what do we do? You know, and, you know, most of us, you know, I, I won't speak for everybody on my team. I, I absolutely wouldn't try to, you know, I was in a position, if I was fortunate enough to get to go home. My parents live in Orange County, um, you know, and I was, you know, far better off than many. Um, but it was, it was, it was, it was tough. Um, you know, when you're, when you're 19, 20, 21, 22, um, you're in college, um, no matter how great your relationship with your family is, and I, I get along very well with my family. My family is fantastic. Um, you just have this feeling that you should be kind of out at school, out in the world, kind of learning and learning how to be on your own. And, you know, I started to get, like everybody, a bit of cabin fever. 
and I missed my friends a lot. Um, I remember the first Zoom call we had as a team as we decided, like, as you know, it was like, okay, we're coming back after summer. It's going to be very slow, you know, all this stuff. Um, and I really think the captains that year, um, that was my first year as a captain going into <laughs> COVID. So that was daunting. But I really think the captains, along with, I guess, all my fellow current, you know, fourth and fifth years who were freshmen and sophomores at the time, really, really stepped up and kind of, um, we made it our goal to maintain the kind of familial team culture we had prior to the pandemic. Um, I was very personally concerned about losing that because I, you know, that's something that makes this team so cohesive, but also just so enjoyable to be with. Um, it was, it was a lot. People were frustrated, um, with, you know, not only, you know, school and athletics, but just with the state of things. And I really, I'm really proud of how everybody kind of came out of it. Um, it's weird looking back, being back here now, because, you know, we'll still occasionally, you know, COVID tests are so COVID test machines on campus, but it was just this weird kind of liminal space of like, we were all still training best we can, but you know, no schools were open, no tracks were open. So, you know, I won't say where, I wouldn't admit to anything on camera, but I, you know, I would hop fences at high schools and I'd get on tracks where I could. And, you know, I ended up um, building a kind of semi DIY <laughs> weight rack in my garage. You know, I found the cheapest ones I could find and we just did our best to keep in shape for, you know, the potential of, you know, competition coming back. We didn't know when we'd be able to train. We didn't know when we would see each other. Um, but I remember Tony and Darcy telling us, um, you know, the best, the best athletes and the best people find a way regardless of the circumstance. Um, and I really think both in terms of fitness and athletics, as well as, um, mindset and like team culture, I really think our team, uh, found that way. And we're all hoping that we're on the other side of, of COVID. It's certainly, that would be, that would be phenomenal if we were totally done with it. <laughs> it, it would. Um, and the team when you when you did come back the team of course now a division one program so what was that kind of first division one journey like it was really cool um tracks tracks an interesting sport because uh you know regardless of division um you'll be competing until you get to you know conference and the nationals and that level uh you're seeing you're seeing all levels of competition um, you know, last year, our first few meets was, were very heavy in division three, division two schools that, you know, that we've raced against forever and competed against forever. But, uh, there's just, I remember the first few meets when we were <laughs> suiting up and thinking like, we're like division one athletes now, you know, I had a, I had a couple buddies, uh, Joseph Polk being one who stayed a fifth year, uh, that, you know, that, that COVID fifth year we were granted and, he was like, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's surreal to just be like, yeah, I was, a, I'm a division one athlete. It's, it's, it seemed daunting at first, but my suspicions are proof correct in that <laughs> our team handled it with, uh, with grace and just in stride. I think everybody, whatever feelings of anxiety or kind of, um, doubt they had going in were quickly replaced by the fact that like oh you know there's a reason we're here and uh, there's a reason we're you know moving into this conference and there's a reason we're competing at this level uh it's because uh we're ready 
all of us, not just as a school, but as individuals. Um, and it's, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been really, really phenomenal. Some might look at track and field as an individual sport. There's so many different events going on, of course, but it's not. How is it a team sport? Well, it, it's funny because that's, that's, that's the thing that everybody says, too. And, you know, in some component, I think every sport's individual in that you have to, the day of, whether it's the day of practice, whether it's, you know, a regular Tuesday lift, whether it's conference championships, you have to decide to show up and to bring all that you can that day. And I think I've competed individually for track as well, whether it's at all comers and, and or it kind of meets in the summer prior to college or, you know, growing up. And those are all fine and well, but there's very there's something very palpable in having your team there to support you. Um, because, you know, we train men and women train together, you know, five days a week and we're out there and it's, um, we're all kind of in, in the thick of it together, you know, whether the workout is, you know, a light day, like hopefully we have today or, you know, one of those ones that you'll think back on 10 years later and be like, man, I can't believe I did that on a random Wednesday. Uh, (laughs) I, um, I look back on the last four years. And, you know, my father's told me this, my mother's told me this, Coach Tosin Darny, uh, Tony and Darcy, forgive me, have told me this, you know, every year I've been here. And as I'm, you know, entering my fifth year, I really kind of understand it better now. I look back and, you know, there's a handful of races that I'm like, that was a really good race that I, I remember, you know, every stride of the race. But it's 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 no more than three or four. Um, but I, more than anything, remember my teammates. I remember the the highs. I remember the lows. I remember the meeting we had when season was canceled. I remember the team, you know, kind of holding back tears when, (laughs) when it was announced that we were all kind of, you know, done for the year in March. Um, I remember when we first came back, I remember our first practice on the track back, how excited everybody was. I remember last year, uh, at Tony and Darcy's retirement, everybody just getting up, all, all those of us who spoke getting up and people getting emotional and thinking back and all the fun times we've had. I remember, you know, driving home from practice when I didn't have a car. So I had to carpool with my housemates every day and just singing, you know, emo songs from high school in the car. You know, it's, 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 you get to this level because you, you desire a certain level of seeing how far you can excel in your sport, but you stay for the people. Um, I don't think most college students, especially at a school like UC San Diego in their right mind, would come out here alone and do what we do just for the sake of it. Um, I definitely think as much as I compete and train for myself, I compete and train because I believe I owe it to my teammates. And I like to believe that my teammates feel the same way. We're chatting with Derek Bradjevich this week on Triton Cast. So, Derek, what went into your decision to come back for a fifth season? A good question. I um, well, first and foremost, um, having my sophomore season, like everybody's season that year, spring sport, um, kind of you know taken away um, through you know 
obviously it was a necessity. Um, but you know, you work so hard to get to this level and you work so hard when you're at this level. Uh, I had a conversation with my parents and I was like, you know, I think I'd like to stay fifth year. I need to compete more. And they were 100% on board. I'm very grateful for that. They're, you know, they've been super supportive and super helpful. Um, and I just, I don't, I didn't quite feel like my story here had come to its conclusion. I felt that both athletically, um, I don't even, maybe even, maybe even spiritually, I didn't feel like, <laughs> I didn't feel like the narrative was done yet. Um, and you know, I, uh, I've never been somebody who career wise had one thing that I knew that I was going to be. There's a lot of things I want to be. I know I want to, I know whatever I do, I want to be a storyteller. Um, and so I decided, you know, if I'm going to take this fifth year, I can add, I added two minors. Um, I added a media production and an acting minor just because those are two passions of mine. I enjoy them very much. I'm a communication major. Um, and I felt, I just, I had this feeling in my bones that I wasn't quite done yet. Um, I, I know that's not much of a concrete answer, but I just, I just knew I was like, I need, I need one more year. And I've been lucky enough to get to take that opportunity. Seems pretty thorough and well thought out to me. <laughs> so you're back this year and obviously with Tony and Darcy retiring, you have a new head coach and Kim Graham Miller. What's it like having an Olympic gold medalist around every day at practice? Coach is uh, awesome. We <laughs> coach Kim is fantastic. It's, it's, it's surreal, you know, cause as an athlete, you meet these very high performing athletes that have competed at the highest level and, you know, earned the highest accolades. Um, but getting to train with her for the last, you know, three, four weeks, you really get to know them as a person. Um, and you really see why they made it that far and why they excel in everything they do at the level that they do. Um, coach has been a phenomenal, I think, addition, not only to like our team, but to the university as a whole. I know it's very early, um, but there is an energy on the team this year that is just, it's this kind of intangible fire and it's, 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 it's small right now, but every week it's been like growing and growing and growing. Um, the captains have been meeting with her and she's very big on just cultivating this, you know, very positive and very hardworking and very communicative team culture. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, every time you have a new coach coming in, everybody gets nervous. And, um, uh, coach, if you're listening to this, uh, you, you put all those fears to rest almost immediately. Um, you're doing wonderfully. We love you. You're fantastic. She's, uh, she's, she's been a real, real joy to have out of practice and learning from her, um, and what she knows and from the experiences she's had in the coaching, both, both coaching and athletically has been just priceless. It's been invaluable. That is awesome. Well said. Thank you. So when you were a youngster, you mentioned you, you played a lot of sports. What other sports did you play? So, I mean, growing up, um, like when I was, you know, <laughs> ages four through like, you know, seven or eight, I played everything, right? You know, you, you try soccer, you tried 
t-ball you try basketball and you know when you're playing basketball when you're five years old the hoop's like seven feet high or whatever of course um, you know that kind of stuff um but actually um my uh my father was a sprinter hurdler for a year at sdsu backland immense program and my mother runs marathons so my whole life i've been running um i always joke that you know before i could walk i was running um so running even outside of athletics has always been something that i've found peace in um when i was seven years old i uh my parents were both um engaged in uh martial arts training before i was born uh and they made it um to the they were, they were taekwondo they were in taekwondo and they made it to the belt before black belt um right when they found out i was going to be being born um so i grew up you know seeing pictures of my parents like you know sparring and competing and i was like that's really cool and you know you're i'm a little boy i'm growing up in action movies i'm like i want to i want to learn how to do martial arts my parents like okay when you're old enough so i started you know finally i wore them down when i was seven years old and i started um i started taking taekwondo classes and lessons um and i did that for about four years I got my black belt when I was, I believe, 11 years old. Um, and that sport combined with the running really, I think, shaped the person I am and the person I'm trying to be. Um, martial arts is very much about, I think, regardless of the martial art, I won't speak for others because I've only ever trained and competed in Taekwondo. But it's it's very heavy on self-discipline and you learn in martial arts that the reason you do it is to have some sort of mastery over yourself and that's something i think we're all trying to do i'm still working on it but i definitely think you know ages seven through eleven um you know you hear you hear like oh i did karate when i was younger i did i did when i was younger I took it very seriously. I, <laughs> I, I was going to class, you know, three, four times a week. It wasn't like some fun thing I was doing to stay fit. It was something that I was, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe almost too intense, tensely uh, dedicated to as a, as a, as an eight, nine, 10 year old. Um, but I definitely think that experience uh, with um, master Kang was the man who taught me David Kang. And he uh, really instilled in me a lot of values of self-discipline and, and understanding the value of hard work and understanding the value of um, working at things until you achieve what you set out to do. Um, and after uh, Taekwondo, I, I got my first degree black belt and I kind of got back into, you know, middle school. I got into kind of, you know, regular recreational sports again. I got into play a little bit of football, a little bit of basketball, and then I found volleyball for a while. Um, and I ended up playing two years of club volleyball. Um, super fun sport. I live with a couple of volleyball players now. Uh, shout out to Chris and Lior. Love you guys. Um, and volleyball was super fun because it was just very different from anything I'd done before. Um, it's not a sport I think a lot of people, at least a lot of guys I knew growing up at the time, didn't really play growing up unless you're at the beach. And even then, it's you don't really know how to do it. Um, so that was super fun. And that was my first experience being on like a club team for anything. Um, it's where I learned I could, you know, I, I used to have this, I said this in some article, but, uh, my first club team gave me the nickname Skywalker. Cause, uh, 
I jumped very high for a for a <laughs> thirteen year old five six, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then when I got to high school, um, I really kind of I had known since I was young that uh, just you know I because I've looked up to my parents so much, I was like I want to run track in college. And when I I remember I, I I won my first race that I remember winning in uh, the fourth grade. And then every year we'd have, you know, two for fun track meets a year. And I was like, this is something I think I can do, you know, at, at a higher level than just recreationally. So I got, to, I did one year of cross country as a freshman and I, I loved it. I had horrible bronchitis the entire year. So it was kind of like a, me having to learn that you can't always, you know, push through everything. Um, but then that, that spring, I had my first ever season of organized track and field and I made varsity as a freshman and I was like, okay, there's something here. There's something I can definitely take this to hopefully college. Um, so I really just track kind of became my, my everything for a while. And, uh, you know, some of my closest friends in the world are my fellow team captains from my track team in high school. Uh, <laughs> you know, they both went on, uh, Sean Byrne, like Hennessy both went on to compete at uh, Texas Christian university as a sprinter hurdler and a distance runner. Um, and yeah, I think, I think after that freshman season of track, I was just, I knew I was like, whatever I got to do to do, like whatever I have to do to make it to that level, I will do. Um, and that's how I ended up here. So who's the fastest in your family? In my family is me, me. It has to be me. Even if, even if that's wrong, I'm not going to admit otherwise. <laughs> there's that. It's actually, there's actually this, uh, last year to me, I think it might've been a few years ago to meet my, um, my father's old college coach, um, Dixon farmer. He's a, you know, very well known in the track and field community. He was the former, you know, former NCAA champion in the hurdles. He's just, you know, former SDSU men's coach. He's just, you know, phenomenal guy. He, um, <laughs> he, uh, he MCs and announces a lot of our track meets in years past at UC San Diego. And so my dad was like, I think that's my old coach, Dixon Farmer. So we went out freshman year and he's like, Oh, okay, Kenny, it's my dad's name. It's good to see you. And they're talking. And you know, we had a home meet one time and uh, I'm lining up in the blocks and uh, Dixon's announcing the, you know, the lanes and he knows my dad's here. And he goes, uh, you know, in lane four, we have a uh, Derek Bradjevich, the Bradjevich family record holder. And my dad just, I see Ooh. my dad look at him like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So I know you have an interest in acting and you were recently in a television show. Yeah. I, um, my dad has an old friend from a uh, high school. Her Elena Wool. She's a phenomenal actress. She, uh, she's putting together this series called, uh, I believe it's called middle of nowhere. And it's about, you know, a woman recently divorced kind of navigating that journey. And, uh, you know, my dad reached out and she invited us to be on set for a day. So whenever middle of nowhere comes out, everybody watch for the airplane scene. Cause my, uh, my only line, I put my whole heart into it. Oh, <laughs> you have a line. Uh, yeah, I do have a line. They, uh, they pan past me and I, I think I react to a basketball game. I say like nice shot or something. But uh, yeah, acting is something I, I very much enjoy. It's very much just something I do to kind of express myself and have fun with. And so what's next for you when spring season concludes? That's a wonderful question. I, um, I hope to go into some type of kind of marketing, hopefully film work. I, 
I do a bit of uh, kind of freelance film work on my own. Um, I've always been, you know, since I, I my freshman year of high school, I started taking film as an elective. And so I've been taking kind of film, you know, all throughout high school and through college. I've been taking film classes, you know, once a quarter just to kind of get it in, you know, nothing, nothing, not as a focus, but it's something I just enjoy doing. And I do it a lot of my own time. Um, and I really hope to kind of get into a space where I can utilize that for like marketing purposes. Um, or honestly, whatever, I'm still really trying to figure out what it is I'm meant to do and who I'm meant to be. Um, and I think I found that the more I am open to learning and to new experiences that might not be so exactly what I've pictured in my head, but exciting and educational nonetheless, I, I try and jump on them whenever I can. Um, even, even last year, uh, you know, I've been video editing since I was, you know, 13, 14 years old. And uh, Darcy kind of asked me, she was like, hey, so, you know, we always make these end of the year recap videos. Um, would you be able to put some stuff together for our retirement, so the blue and gold retirement ceremony? Um, so I ended up putting together a, um, I believe it's a 30 to 45 minute super cut of footage from 2002 to footage from last season. Um, so it kind of goes through each year and kind of shows certain conference championships as well as the team having fun and messing around. As well as I edited two, um, actually, I think it was about an hour of content. And I edited uh, two highlight reels of uh, major men and women's teams championships. So the first time men won the CCA conference in 2015 and the first time women won, I believe, in 2005. Um, so I, I, I kind of put together a little over an hour of uh, video content. Just um, I, I really did it as like a retirement gift to Darcy and Tony um, because that stuff, I, I'm very passionate about that stuff. And it does take a lot of time. And uh, I wanted them to have something, you know, they have a lot of things to hold on to and look back, but I really wanted them to have something they could look at and watch and just kind of reminisce together. Yeah. What a cool memoir. That's pretty neat that you put that together. You also serve on the executive board of the Triton Athletes Council now as publicity chair. What I does do. that role entail and, and why, why is that of interest to you? Well, it's, 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 it's my second year doing it. And so the publicity, our publicity committee handles our social medias. Um, and, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't need to tell anybody this. social media is everywhere. It's all encompassing, all consuming. Um, and uh, the person who actually held the position before me was my dear friend and former teammate, uh, Z, former hurdle on the team. She um, she's like me. She's very interested in, you know, film, uh, film editing, uh, videography. I believe she's actually working for the university this year in the athletics department doing uh, coverage at games. So Z, I saw you at the volleyball game. You're doing great. Um, but I felt that um, observing Z and learning from her, I felt that I could kind of fill the role very well and kind of bring my own creative voice to it. Cause uh, you know, I've made a few for submissions for contests through the Triton athletes council. I've made a few kind of little short, films for them um so not only has it been really cool to kind of help promote you know tack events on campus athletic events on campus things that serve to serve our community as well as bring our athletics community closer together but it's just another place that i've really gotten to kind of hone and kind of work on my creative um chops in a way that serves something that isn't just for me um because it's, it's very easy to go out 
and, you know, make things you like to make. But um, I definitely really appreciate the challenge of having something that isn't my idea to serve um, because it's a nice kind of counterbalance to what I do in my free time with videography and film editing. Um, And it's been really fun. I really think uh, TAC is working very hard to kind of make up for lost ground that we had uh you know have we lost during uh covid um and you know when i was a freshman and sophomore attack was a like a glue between teams between the administration and athletes i remember when my old teammate joe joe and devin took me to attack meeting and i was like oh this is cool it's something i want to be a part of and um i think you know us on eboard are working very hard to kind of you know plan events for the year and get people engaged and get people coming and just we really just want to see teams enjoying time together at the end of the day i think we just want everyone to you know we'll host you know we had our we had our annual beach cleanup uh this past weekend and it's you know it was great you know we had a good turnout we picked up a lot of trash um and i think the, the real value in serving your community is serving your community with people that you care about and i think tac has really been at least in my experience phenomenal with that and uh, working with my fellow eboard members and the uh, team has just been wonderful. They're all <laughs> very well suited for their roles, both last year and this year. And we're just very excited for the year ahead. Our guest this week on Triton Cast is Derek Bradjevich. You ready for some quick picks? Absolutely. Favorite holiday? Oh, Halloween. Why? I, my mother's favorite ho- holiday is Halloween. So growing up, you know, the beginning of September, our house smelled like pumpkin and cinnamon and there were spooky candles. And I just love getting to dress up and watch, you know, scary movies. And it's 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 a very nice contrast coming out of summer, which is I love summer, but it's just very nice to kind of get to dress up as a 23 year old. You know, you don't get to do that very often. So it's very fun to kind of put on costumes and just have fun. And I just love I love I love the aesthetic. I love all things spooky. I love I love it all. Favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, uh, salted caramel. Singing or dancing? Singing. And singing followed closely by dancing. Okay. Are you good? That's a sub, you know, subjectively I I I think I'm fantastic, but what I what I think might not be what everybody else thinks. Hey, that's all that matters. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Oh, I, it, my whole life, it's just been, it's been a good cheeseburger and French fries. Absolutely no shame in that. Ocean or pool? <laughs> One more time. Sorry. Ocean or pool? Ocean. Beach or mountains? Beach. Sunrise, sunset? Sunset. Pancakes, French toast, or waffles? Oh, pancakes. Podcasts or playlists? podcast <laughs> which of your current teammates thinks they're the funniest uh besides myself i'm gonna have to go with uh kyle hastings who do you think is the funniest besides myself i'm gonna have to go with uh, max halbex who's the best cook on the team oh yeah. uh, nathan tripp What's the go-to? He is just phenomenal at 
barbecue. He, I mean, he recently made these like pulled pork sandwiches and they transported me to another dimension. Wow. Yeah, they were, they were, they were, suffice to say they were pretty good. What's one place you've never been that you most want to visit? <sighs> Italy. We've gotten that a few times. Why Italy? My parents are actually there right now. And, uh, <laughs> good reason. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I think I'm like a quarter, a little over a quarter Italian. I have a lot of family that came over there in the, you know, the twenties, thirties. Um, and I just, I'm, I come from a big, uh, Roman Catholic Italian family. So, uh, very loud, <laughs> very passionate. And, uh, I just think, I think from what I know about the culture and I don't, I don't know all too much, but I, I think not only is it a beautiful place, but I think it's a beautiful people. If you could play one other sport for one day at UC San Diego and be pretty good at it, what sport would you pick? Oh, volleyball. Absolutely volleyball. It sounds like you wouldn't have to try it very hard to be competitive there. Yeah, it's just, you know, I'd have to work on the whole being a foot shorter than everybody, but I think we could overcome that at some point. I think so, too. Derek, (laughs) thanks so much for joining us this week. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Derek has such great perspective on the value strong leadership can provide to his teammates. We wish the entire track and field group great success on the season ahead. Well, be sure to join us for an all-new Triton cast next week. On episode 66, we're chatting with men's water polo senior Manuel Augusto. He'll take us on his journey from his native Portugal to La Jolla. And remember, that episode can be found on YouTube in addition to anywhere else you get podcasts. New episodes of Triton cast premiere each Wednesday. Thanks for listening to this week's show. And don't forget, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms by searching TritonCast wherever you get your pods. And a reminder that you can listen to any of our 65 episodes whenever you want on demand. Just visit ucsdtritons.com slash podcasts. For more on TritonCast, follow us on Twitter at TritonCast. And if you have a suggestion for a future guest, send us a tweet or email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. We'll see you back here next week. You've been listening to Triton Cast. Triton Cast is a production of UC San Diego Athletics Communications. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your platform of choice. If you have show questions or comments or suggestions for future guests, email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at TritonCast.